Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Welcome to every one of you joining us online today. And you need to know that we are in a series looking at moving forward that is based on Philippians 3. And today is part 3. So if you haven't watched, go back into our archives because that lays down the foundation for what I've got to say today. Now, have you ever considered that your life is the result of patterns? I'm talking about the way you do things, you know, or your routines. Because our life is the result of patterns. You know, some people spend a lot of time trying to get rid of generational curses when it's actually nothing more than generational choices and is the product of patterns in your life. You know, where you are financially is the result of patterns. Where you are physically is the result of patterns. It's the result of your eating patterns, exercise patterns. Where you are in your relationships, you know, is a result of patterns and we all have them we have a morning pattern that's it you open your eyes and your brain doesn't even need to engage you know i get up in the morning and i go straight to the nespresso machine for a double espresso and i can do it with my eyes closed some of you that are parents with small children you have a pattern right you have a go to school pattern some of you have a work pattern you have a routine and it's got nothing to do with being OCD at all. No, it's just that you have a pattern. And I believe with all my heart, life is made up of patterns. And today I want to go a little bit deeper because we have patterns in our lives that are deeper than just plain, simple routines. And because of them, we get stuck. For example, we all have a pattern when it comes to relational conflict. By that I mean it's a default routine that you go to for some of you it's run away that's how you have learned to deal with any conflict in your life and it's your default so you just run away for others you run to it you go straight to it if someone hits the button for you and causes you to you know get stirred up you know and, and all of a sudden it rises within you and you're moving towards it you know what i mean everyone has internal patterns last week we talked about our thinking and taking our thoughts captive and today i want to talk about something that i believe really has the potential to keep us from moving forward so if you're ready today then just say after me my heart's open my mind's ready i won't be the same again in jesus name amen now i want you to think about this what is your pattern? What is your default routine, your reactionary pattern when you are offended? What is the one step that you automatically take whenever you're offended? And so why am I talking about this? Because I believe this is the spirit of this age. But here's the reality. Are you ready? Take notes if you're taking notes. Write this one down. You are not going to be able to live life without being offended. Did you hear me? You are not going to be able to live life without being offended. And the question is, what will you do when you are? You know, you will read something. 
somebody is going to post something or say something. Somebody is not going to say something that they should have said. Somebody won't agree with you or do it your way. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 1, offenses will what? Read it. It's on the screen. Offenses will come. Offenses will come. So even the Bible recognizes that you are going to have an opportunity to be offended. Somebody stabbing you in the back. You know, somebody that you really thought was a friend isn't even more painful. You know, someone walking out on you. You are going to have an opportunity to be offended. And so the question is, what is your pattern? Because we all have one. We all, every single one of you watching me today, you have a pattern. And the kingdom of God and life is built relationally. So if you can't move forward in this relationship because you are stuck in an offense, you will not be able to move forward. You need to know that. So today I want to give you three practical patterns not to have and four that I think will help you so that you're not left stuck in offenses. If you're with me, say amen. So number one is this. Remember, this is the not patterns. So it's do not blow up. Do not blow up. The Bible says in Romans 12, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. In other words, God will take care of it. For some, the instant response is anger. <laughs> I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to introduce them to my first. And some of you watching me online, you know, you're like, no, no, pastor, that's never my first response. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. It's mine sometimes. You know, I'm just being honest. At times, I instantly want to apply my hand to them. Not in the name of Jesus, but in the name of Mark. But God says, no, Mark. If you respond well, and he says the same thing to you as well. If you have a right pattern, I'll take care of it. Actually, your response is really covering a more vulnerable emotion on the inside. More about that later. But instead of dealing with that, you just go, I'll deal with the surface thing. And it's a protective mechanism. Maybe you learned it from your parents. Remember I said, it's not generational curses, it's generational choices. It's been passed down. You've learned through an experience and now it's become your default pattern. Just as you could wake up and walk to the coffee pot without looking. When somebody's offense comes along, it's instinctive inside of you. You automatically go, ah! And you keep doing it because it's the pattern. Do not blow up. Number two, the second not to do pattern is do not gossip. Do not gossip. Mm. I can keep a secret. It's just the people I tell that can't. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 28, perverse man stirs up dissension perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends this was written by the wisest man that ever lived solomon and he says a perverse person a perverse individual stirs up dissension well pastor i thought perverse meant you know someone looking at dirty pictures no the Bible says a perverse person stirs up dissension, division. 
In other words, have you ever had someone come up to you with that look in their eye and says, guess what? You know, it's the equivalent of, have you heard? Do you know what? They're not trying to resolve anything. They're not trying to reconcile or mend things. They just want to spread it. They want to stir dissension. So they so gossip their offense, their perspective. And the Bible says that is perversion. Matthew 18, 15. If another believer sins against you, go what? Go, go what? What does it say? Go privately, privately. Don't go to Facebook, Instagram. Don't go to your dream team, co-worker, gym buddy, coffee buddy, whatever. We are going to move forward this year as a church. And so don't go to the comment section. Don't go to your mother. You know, can I just give you some marriage advice? Every time your spouse offends you and you go running to your parents, you are painting a picture of your spouse that is not helping or helpful to the relationship. Bible says what? Go privately and point out the offense. Did you know that the Bible says there are seven things that God hates and number seven is an abomination to him. It's detestable to him, Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 says. And that is stirring division amongst the family of God. Bringing division is an abomination to God. When people are offended, they want to go and have a pity party and, and rally other people to their offense. Listen, it's human nature. It's a pattern. And when ego is involved, the narrative is always changed to suit the teller of the story. But this does not lead to anything helpful in your life. So I'm not going to blow up and I'm not going to gossip. But number three, I'm also not going to, not going to ignore it. I'm not going to ignore it. Look at this in Jeremiah 6. My people are broken, shattered, and they put on band-aids saying, it's not so bad. We'll be just fine. But things are not just fine. It's not, uh, so what? Uh, they don't bother me. No, I'm fine. Yes, we can tell by your response you're fine. No, 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 I'm good. You know, don't talk about that. We can't just ignore it. That's not the solution either. So it's not, I'm going to blow up and I'm not going to go and gossip and spread division and disunity, but I'm also not going to ignore it. I'm actually going to go to the person that can deal with it and can bring resolution to the situation. Hebrews says it this way in Hebrews 12. Look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness takes root, takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual life. If it's going to be your best year yet, and I'm talking your best spiritual year yet, then you must know that an offense is something that affects your spiritual life. It doesn't just affect the relationship between you and somebody else. It affects you, you personally, spiritually. The Bible says it takes root. It begins to spread. It begins to bear fruit in all the different areas of your life. Offense begins to blur and spread to every relationship in your life.
You think it's just you. You think it's just you and that one person, but actually it's you and everybody connected to you, whether it's family, friends, a work colleague. And so the, there are, you've got to know, these three patterns. These are three patterns that you don't want. Now, I want to give you four patterns that you do want. Aren't you glad you came today? Aren't you glad you're online? Four things that can be applied to your life because it's all in the application. Too many people know too much stuff, way beyond their level of obedience to God. Number one, I'm going to acknowledge that it affects my relationship with God. It affects my relationship with God. Listen to me, this is a big deal. Offense affects your relationship with God. Well, I just thought it was me and the person that I'm offended with. You know, it's me and that person I'm mad at. You know, they irritated me and, and I don't want to see them anymore. Just them. No, no, it's not. Well, I thought it was just my co-worker that, that gets on my nerves, you know. Uh, I just get tense whenever they come and walk near me. You know, they get under my skin, but nobody else. No, it affects your relationship with God. And that is not a small thing. The Bible says this in Luke 6.37. Do not judge others and God will not judge you. Do not condemn others and God will not condemn you. Forgive others and God will forgive you. 38. The what? The what? Listen, look at it. The what? The measure you use for others. For others is the one that God will use for you. The measure you use for others. So if you want to give a teaspoon out, God says, that's great. I've got a teaspoon in the drawer as well. If you want to give a cup out, he says, that's cool. I've also got a cup. If I'm going to withhold forgiveness, I've got a major problem. And I'm not talking salvation or about your home in heaven. That's not based on your works. That's based on the grace and goodness of God. Praise God. And we thank Jesus for that. I'm talking about our relationship with God. I'm talking about moving forward, growing spiritually. And God is like, hey, there are some things that can cause barriers that block the flow of our relationship. And one of those is when you hold an offense. Because whatever you measure out, he says, that's what I'll measure back. So my question is, what are you measuring out? Because it's affecting your relationship with God, not just your relationship with others. You know, people are so good at hiding bitterness or an offense and don't realize that they've limited their relationship with the living God. With me? Number two, I'm going to acknowledge my hurts acknowledge my hurts i'm not going to ignore what happens in my life and i'm going to acknowledge that there are hurts this is a good pattern it's not some counseling session listen to me this is what the word of god says i'm going to acknowledge my hurts why look at what the psalmist says in psalm 39 so i kept very quiet but i became even more upset I became very angry inside. And as I thought about it, my anger burned. 
whenever I don't acknowledge the offense or don't say, okay, I've been hurt, you know, that didn't feel great. The more I just push that down and try to ignore it, the more I ruminate on it. Ruminate. Ruminating is what a cow does when it's chewing its food. They digest it into one stomach. Then they regurgitate it back into their mouth. <laughs> yep, some of you just woken up like, what? You know, but they do that. They then chew it some more and swallow it and then they regurgitate it and, and eat it and swallow it again and then eventually they digest it. And this is what some of us do with our thoughts. When we don't address it or acknowledge it, God can't heal it. So we just chew on it and we chew on it and then ah, we bring it back and we chew on it. And what was just a little thing grows. It grows and grows. They said something wrong, did something wrong. Now it's turned into a broken relationship because I didn't take a moment to deal with it. I just carried on and it became bigger and bigger and I started fuming and now it's steaming on the inside of me. And it's got to where I can't talk to certain people. I can't associate with certain people. And now I've got a festering relationship and I don't show up at the family gathering or the life group. And I've changed churches so that I don't have to walk in and see that person. And it's not what God wants for your life. For some people, that's their pattern. And it repeats itself every so many years. But it's definitely not God's pattern. As a matter of fact, James 5 tells us, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other other so that you may be healed so that you may be healed the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective did you notice that he does not say confess your sins to god so that you may be healed and there's a big difference between forgiveness and healing he doesn't say confess to god and you will find healing yes it's true one john one says this if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But here James says that I need to get around some people and open up about what is happening on the inside of me for me to find healing. This is why you need to, to be involved, why you need to find yourself on a dream team somewhere, where you need to find yourself in community. Why? Because you need some people around you that can that can come before you so that you can take the mask off and you can say, listen, I'm really upset and offended by such and such a person right now because of something I perceive, perceive in my life that, that they did or said, you know, how they didn't show up or I feel that they betrayed me or they offended me or they didn't listen to me. You have to have some people like that in your life. Because if not, you'll try and bury the hurt and bury the hurt and bury the hurt. And all of a sudden, you are divorced and you don't know why. Where did that come from? It's because something exploded on the inside of you. You just keep suppressing and suppressing, you know, and, and, and that thing, I don't know what it is, from your parents or your friends or co-worker or whatever. You've never acknowledged it or spoken about it.
so you've never been healed from it. And it's a pattern that repeats itself over and over in your life. Now you are bleeding on people that actually never cut you. Did you hear me? You're bleeding on people that actually never really cut you. All because you've never acknowledged the hurt. You could have been carrying something for years and years. And that is why, you know, our small life groups are so important. Not so that you can get all puffed up and know every doctrine and truth that there is. Listen, I love studying doctrine. But you can have all the knowledge in the world and still be deeply wounded. Rather get in a group, connect with people, get in community where you can take the mask off and go, you know, I haven't talked about this, but I'm really deeply hurt by whatever. You can't just go to like-minded people that will just agree with you and pat you on the back and say, yeah, you stick it to them. No. James is saying you've got to talk to people. You've got to confess the bitterness and the, and the deep-seated anger. That's where and when you're going to get on top of it. That's where you're going to get healed. If you're still with me, say amen. Number three, just pray. Come on, let's be honest. This is a tough one. You may want to put your fingers in your ears right now. You may want to leave you at the end of, end of this online service. No, I never heard that today. But Matthew 5 says this. You have heard that it is said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and what? And what? Pray for those who persecute you. Are you saying that you want me to, to pray for that person? Yes. It's really hard to keep an offense and an and a, and offended heart when you're praying for someone. I'm talking from experience. And I'm not saying that I do it every time. And I know some of you are going to be really surprised now. But over the last 30 years, I've received some criticism. I know it's hard to believe. But there have been some critics and trolls. And there have been times when I've heard people twisting the narrative and my heart gets to a very unhealthy place. The only thing that gets me out of that is saying, God, I pray for them. God, bless them. I pray for favor. I pray for the favor of God upon them. Lord, I pray their children will prosper and everything that they do, Lord, will be a blessing. And listen to me. It's hard to pray sometimes. I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> Come on. It's hard. But it's also hard to keep anything in your heart when you are praying good things over people. When you're praying faith in God's hand over them. That's why the Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. It's not so much for them as it is for you. There's an awesome verse in Ephesians 4 that says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. How are you going to keep anger from controlling you? Pray for them. If you don't, you're giving the devil a foothold. But Pastor Mark, you don't know what they did. You don't know and understand the pain. You're right, I don't. But I do know you shouldn't let a momentary event track you for the rest of your life because it's a pattern that will repeat itself in other situations and other circumstances in your life. The way you start to get a grip off the trap 
of your life is that you realize that this is affecting me and God. And that person isn't worth that. I'm going to create new patterns. I'm going to acknowledge my heart and I will pray for them because I don't want anger to give the devil a foothold in my life. With me? And then the final one. You're still there. Number four. I'm going to deal with the root. I'm going to deal with the root. We need to understand that the bad patterns of blowing up, gossiping, or ignoring it, are really a covering for something that is actually happening underneath. Something much deeper. Now you need to write this down. Are you ready? I'm going to deal with the root. Are you with me? This is why you're here today. This is the root. Here it comes. It's rejection. Rejection. Most of the time, 99% of the time, when you are offended, it's because on some level you feel rejected. Your thought life grows because of feelings of rejection. What you wanted to say is being rejected. What you wanted acknowledged is being rejected. On some level, in some way, the root is rejection. And rejection, instead of addressing, creates all these other, listen to me, all these other sinful responses that keep us trapped. Anger, you know, deep-rooted bitterness. And we say things that we wouldn't normally say, that we wish we could take back. We give the cold shoulder, we cut people off, we isolate ourselves, we gossip to others. But what's really underneath it all is that I'm hurting from rejection. And rejection is affecting you and God. Believe me. And I believe that I have just exposed the enemy for so many of you. Come on, listen to me. The devil wants you to feel this rejection so that you will respond in all the wrong ways so that it affects your connections with your heavenly father. Don't believe his lies. You see, this is what happens. The Bible, which has all the answers for our lives, says this in Acts 8. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive and captive to sin. Wait. That's just me, you know. I, 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 I'm not bitter. I, I, they were the ones that offended me. I, I'm just having some issues with them. No, you are captive to sin. Sin has affected you and God. So is it worth holding onto that offense? Is it worth living that way? You can smile on the outside, but you are not fooling God. Is it worth it staying angry and reliving it all the time so that every time you run into them or you see them at pick and pay, you shoot down another aisle? It will keep you captive. So what do you do? What do we do? Acts 3 says we must repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Look at this. And times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Come on. Some of us need some times of refreshing that come from the Lord. Do you believe that? You need times of refreshing that come from God. 
Listen, with all my heart, I want you to move forward this year. But you will never truly do that if you are trapped in the spirit of this age. And that is offense. Everybody takes an offense for anything. And I don't know what your pattern is. But we all have a default pattern that we go to. Sometimes it's just blow up. But that's not going to move you forward. Sometimes it's a bit of gossip. Hey, psst, guess what? You want to let everybody in your world know. And it sows division, disunity. And God looks at it and says, that's an abomination. And it breaks apart families and destroys relationships. And then at other times, you just try to ignore it. That stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, come on. I'm Teflon, nothing sticks. None of those will lead you to where God wants to take you in your life. So we're going to create new patterns. We're going to acknowledge, yes, this is affecting me and God. Because it is. Believe me, it is. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to deal with the root. I'm going to give it to God. And when I do... Guess what God has promised? Times of refreshing that comes from the Lord. I pray you received the word today. Trust you haven't taken an offense. I want to see you flourish and walk into all God's plan and purpose for you. Let's pray. Come on. Some of you need to receive forgiveness. You need to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. You've never allowed that to really flood your soul. And today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive it. The Bible says we've all sinned, all of us. And that's the reality of the human condition. Because of that, we are in need of a savior, all of us. And that's why Jesus came. He didn't come to start a new religion. No, he came to offer you a relationship with your heavenly father. And you may feel so far out of the reach of God. But that's a lie from the enemy. God's grace and God's mercy is there for you. For you. And today you can receive forgiveness and wholeness in your soul and in your spirit. And you can have a brand new beginning. And so right now, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And if you're watching me online and God is speaking to you and you saying, I know in my heart that I need a fresh new start. I need a new beginning today. Then just pray this simple prayer with me right now. It goes like this. I want you to pray it out wherever you are. Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today, I'm making you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm excited for every single one of you that took that step today. I really pray that this message has spoken to you and has been helpful to your life. Remember this week as we go into the world, let us share hope. Show kindness and shine Jesus.